listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 4th of July, 2023. We're actually going to have a bit more of an extended podcast today as we go through the RBA decision. Later on market day, the US share market up 24% since October. We'll tell you why and whether or not it can continue. But first to local news. Reserve Bank leaving official interest rates on hold at 4.1%. For more, I spoke with Yarrick Kofcher. He's a senior economist at St. George. Like last month, today was likely another line ball decision. Um, and in fact, if you look at what economists were expecting um, prior to today's decision, about 50% of economists actually were expecting a hike and the other 50% were expecting a pause. And the financial markets were actually pricing about a one quarter chance of a hike. But ultimately, what we got was a pause. And there were a number of reasons that the RBA gave in its statement today for why it did that. The first one is that we've already seen 400 basis points of hikes um, being put through. And what the RBA pointed out here is that the higher interest rates are working to establish a more sustainable balance between supply and demand in the economy, and they will continue to do so. So right now, the current economic environment is quite uncertain. Um, and the economy is slowing pretty rapidly. So in light of this, it seems that the RBA board has taken the decision to wait one month to get additional data to be able to make another decision in August. So the key data that they'll be getting prior to their next meeting um, are updates on retail spending, the labour market, business confidence and producer price inflation as well. But really, the most important two things that they'll be getting is an update on CPI for the um, the June quarter. And they'll also be receiving the updated forecasts from the RBA staff for the economy. So this will provide the board with more information and a fuller picture of the updated economic view and um, also the trajectory of inflation and how they are tracking to get inflation back down to their 2 to 3% dam. So remember, the RBA did note the importance, of course, of getting inflation back down to the top of this band, and they were aiming to do so by the middle of 2025. So once they receive those updated forecasts, then they'll be able to make another decision next month uh, with more information in front of them. So as you mentioned, the RBA said it's looking at that balance, that supply and demand balance coming forward, right? How exactly have those 12 rate rises in 15 months impacted the economy so far? Because I think we're getting some mixed information, right? So it's saying, for example, um, that there's a substantial slowing in household spending. That was in the statement today. But on 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 the other side, there's also some, um, I guess, private sector surveys that shows that some 1.4 million people with the mortgage are at risk of at mortgage stress as well. So it seems like there, there are some pretty significant impacts so far. Yeah, that's right. The uh, The cash rate increases that have been put through to date are definitely working their way through the economy. And we are seeing slowing occurring depending on which measures you look at, while other measures are actually still showing quite a bit of resilience. But for example, if we look at um, GDP growth in the March quarter, that did slow quite a bit to only 0.2% in the quarter versus 0.6% in December. And that was actually really supported by an extremely strong population outcome, given that we've seen um, around record levels of migration and population growth. And indeed, if you look at GDP growth per capita, it was actually negative in the quarter. And consumption growth per capita has actually now been negative for two quarters in a row. 
And our expectation is that the economy is likely to record very weak growth in 2023 and in 2024. And of course, the risks of a recession have been talked about more. And while those risks are increasing, it's certainly not our base case at the moment. And if you look at today's statement, though, one thing that did also stand out is the RBA um, seems to also think that economic risks have risen. So they've dropped their references to the economy remaining on an even keel and to getting a soft landing. So now they're just saying that the board is still expecting the economy to grow as inflation returns back to target. So this is an important development as well. And as you've pointed out, of course, some households are feeling the pressure a lot more than others. And the RBA, again, made this reference in its statement. Indeed, based on some RBA research, um, they expect that mortgage repayments are likely to increase to around 10% of household income as the uh, fixed rates that are currently in place roll off onto variable rates. And on top of that, the RBA estimates that around 15% of households uh, will actually have negative cash flows once you account for their mortgage repayments and their non-discretionary expenditure. So for those households, it does mean that they'll need to either significantly cut back their expenditure or perhaps increase their income. So, um, so that's definitely showing that some of these pressures are filtering through the economy. But also another important point to make here is that at an aggregate level, uh, we are, um, I guess, in a fortunate position that mortgage arrears and non-performing loans are actually at very low levels at the moment, around some of the lowest levels in history. So while that's likely to increase, um, they're, they're increasing from very low levels and the labour market is still remaining quite strong. So those are positive signs. Is it fair to say that one of the RBA's biggest concern, I mean, it's obviously inflation, but feeding into inflation is wages? Because even though the RBA said that, yes, wages are growing, it's still consistent with its inflation target as long as productivity growth picks up. So there, there's, there's that caveat there. That's right. And that's something that the RBA has, um, has been pointing out in recent months. We've seen unit labour costs, uh, which are a measure of wages growth, accounting for productivity growth. Um, they've been growing quite quickly. So, so looking forward, the RBA is going to be looking at a range of different factors and the labour market is really one of the key ones and the developments that we're seeing in wages growth. But on top of that, they'll be looking at develops, developments in the global economy and trends in household spending and also forecasts for inflation and the labour market. And they noted those things um, today in, in their statement. But, um, but as you point out, there is a bit of a risk that wages growth may be picking up a bit more materially. We are starting to see wages growth in the public sector and for award wages and also enterprise bargaining agreements pick up a bit. And, and this is really an area which, which typically lags growth in the private sector, uh, where we have seen wages growth um, be a bit healthier or accelerate a little bit in in recent quarters. So, so that's something that's going to be important for the RBA going forward. And the other really key point that the RBA will be monitoring uh, um, is inflation expectations. Of course, we know that the longer that inflation remains elevated, the greater the risks that um, people look to build those expectations into the way they behave. And that means businesses are more likely to increase their prices and workers are more likely to demand higher wages. And they're also more likely to get them as well. So that's really an important um, important thing that the RBA has, has been consistently pointing out that they're keeping a watch on and, and we'll really need to see how those inflation expectations develop over coming months. And just finally wrapping all that together, the very final statement in the, uh, the very last paragraph in the RBA statement said the RBA said further tightening of monetary policy may be required. So are more rate rises likely to come through? How many more and why? 
Yeah, that's right. Um, we are still seeing the inflationary pressures in the economy. While they are starting to come down, uh, they're still really robust and they're um, unlikely to dissipate quickly. So, so we did see in, for example, the latest monthly inflation read that headline inflation has pulled back a bit, but underlying inflationary pressures still remain strong. On top of that, the labour market remains incredibly strong with very strong employment growth, extremely low unemployment um, levels around the country and wages growth is picking up, as I've mentioned um, before. So the very real possibility here is that we are likely to see um, perhaps one more hike or maybe two more to come over coming months. And it is very important that the RBA does look to get on top of these inflationary pressures sooner rather than later. As they've pointed out, um, if inflation becomes more entrenched, then the problem is you need to raise rates even further later on down the track, and that leads to higher increases in unemployment and, um, and more significant impacts on the economy. And if we look internationally, we are also seeing that inflation is proving to be quite sticky in a number of comparable economies. So there is the risk that that trend will play out here, and we're starting to see that in some of the data as well. So, so we still do think that there's likely to be a few more rate hikes to come, um, but ultimately, uh, I think the next few meetings will continue to be finely balanced um, meetings and decisions, and we'll have to see how things ultimately play out from here. Yarek Kovka there from St. George. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Australian investors like that news from the Reserve Bank with the S&P ASX 200 uh, jumping about 50 points immediately after the decision at 2.30 Eastern time. By the close, it rose by 0.45%, 7,279 points. Energy stocks doing best. The bank's not too bad. Real estate stocks also rising. For more, I spoke with Matt Sherwood. He is from Perpetual. Well, I think the message from the bank is they just need more time to assess how the economy is uh, uh, transitioning uh, to a uh, much higher interest rate regime. Uh, they noted they've lifted the uh, uh, the interest rates 4%, the cash rates, and uh, you know, it is impacting the economy, but uh, inflation still remains unsustainably high. So the message I got for that is they're waiting for the June quarter inflation report, which will determine um, the next policy move in, um, in August. How did the markets react today to the statement? Well, most of the markets had initially sold off a little bit before the um, before the announcement, and that suggests they were probably pricing in a bit of bad news. But uh, those markets all bounced um, in once the um, decision was known. Uh, but the gains were pretty modest, both in bonds and equities. But the Aussie dollar did come off a bit too. But overall, the market moves were fairly minor. What's the market still thinking though about the future direction for rate moves in Australia? Well, I think it's pretty clear from the statement that rates aren't going down anytime soon. And we we had a meeting of central bank governors uh, last week in Europe. And the key message out of all of those and from all the key speakers was that rates are restrictive, but they may not be restrictive enough. Um, and they may not have been restrictive enough for long enough, um, which is kind of central bank speak for saying rates are only going to go up. And if they don't go up or they do go up, they're going to stay higher for a a longed period of time and probably a period uh, which is beyond what the markets are pricing in at this stage. What we also heard from the RBA today is that while inflation has passed its peak, 
it's still too high, right? Last week, the Treasurer um, confirmed the fiscal, uh, the first fiscal surplus in about 15 years. But what role does the government play in managing consumer prices? Well, governments pay, play a bigger role than what people may uh, think um, because one of the governing dynamics that we have now in uh, inflation right around the world um, is that it is far too high and it's been driven by tight labour markets and um, also by um, very high services sector inflation. Um, now, governments have been very quick to point the finger at central banks saying, well, they were too late to tighten, and that is certainly true. But governments has also been complicit around the world because they've been running extraordinarily large fiscal deficits at a time when unemployment is at 40 or 50 year lows. Uh, and in fact, I look at the US um, and President Biden this year is running a fiscal deficit which is larger uh, than the deficits run in four of the last six downturns. So government spending is increasing massively, and that is adding to the inflation picture. And even in Australia, yes, we ran a surplus, but it's a surplus driven primarily by foreign income, uh, not domestic savings. Uh, and government spending, despite that surplus, increased 8% in the last 12 months, and that's double the post-GFC average. So yes, it's a, it is a surplus, which is helpful, uh, but in the end, government spending around the world, whilst not quite been out of control, it's not far from it. And they need to tighten uh, their belts just like all of us do. So if government spending is contributing to these high inflation rates, right, at the same time we're seeing um, higher interest rates around the world, how does it explain the way some global markets are growing? For example, the US market, the S&P 500, it's up 24% since the October 2022 low. Why and is it sustainable? Well, when we look at the um, the rise we've had in markets over that time period, nearly all of it has been driven by valuation expansion rather than earnings growth. Um, and at the moment, the US market particularly uh, is at a very, very, very stretched valuations. Um, and there's a tool we use managing portfolios called the equity risk premium. And that at the moment is back to levels we saw really in the latter stages of the tech boom in the early stages of the tech bust. So the US market has really been this expensive. So it is a valuation bubble. There's a lot of speculation around artificial intelligence, what that might be able to do to corporate profits. Um, the profits themselves have been upgraded a little bit, but to me, uh, the market is just getting ahead of the self. Uh, it's expensive. The earnings backdrop is very, very difficult. So to me, it's not really a good time to be deploying risk. And so on, on the flip side in Australia, I think over that same period, we're up 6%. But what, what are valuations like here then in comparison? Well, Australia's share market is normally, um, you know, um, has elevated valuations is probably the best way of putting it. Uh, and that's because of the um, the impact of compulsory superannuation. And our market is usually defensive. So our market has lagged the US uh, because global real interest rates have been rising. We tend to do well when global interest rates are falling. We're a defensive market. You know, we have uh, a lot of companies with very good um, 
um, defences on their earnings. A lot of them are duopolies, uh, so they have uh, pretty good market pricing power. But, you know, the rise in interest rates and the better growth outlook um, has meant that uh, more cyclical and um, kind of markets which benefit most from rising rates have actually done pretty well. And just wrapping up, what's the immediate outlook for our market then? If we saw rates on hold, but the potential for rates to continue to climb here in Australia and around the world, how do you feel as an investor? Well, at the moment, we're pretty defensively positioned. And the reason for that is that we tend to think that interest rates are going to begin to impact activity in the second half of this year, as are the credit withdrawals, which are coming particularly in the US. Uh, The challenge, though, from a portfolio standpoint is that if interest rates keep rising, what can you actually purchase to um, to diversify that equity market risk? And you can buy quality businesses with strong balance sheets, sustainable cash flows. That certainly does help. But uh, in our funds, we also like to augment that um, with diversification strategies that, um, you know, such as the use of bought put options and That combination worked really well for investors um, in our funds last year uh, because we didn't own duration and we had a very light equity weight. We have the same kind of portfolio contours as back then. We've added a bit to duration, uh, but in the end, we're pretty defensively positioned and it's a difficult time in the cycle because rates are going up, earnings um, are coming down, um, and the equity risk premium, as I said before, is extremely low. So that tells me um, defensiveness in your asset allocation is, uh, you know, is perhaps the wisest strategy. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.